Now, I, I, I want to make this very clear because there was a little bit of nothing negative, of course. Confusion, maybe. I don't know if the term would be consternation. A little bit of confusion yesterday because we didn't know if you would be here with us today, Josh. We didn't know if we'd have the old switcheroo. But late yesterday afternoon, I got a text message. I was in a group text with the Dons of the ref, uh, Drake and TJ. And it was, it was as rapidly moving of a group text message as I've ever been a part of. I mean, it's almost like they were sitting next to each other, how quickly that thing was moving. But the good news is Josh Helmer is here today. Or at least that's the last I heard. Josh, are you in studio? Good morning. Yes, I am in studio. And how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. We're on the road for an OEC Fiber Football Friday. How are things back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio? You good today? We're good, baby. We're good. Happy Football Friday. Giddy up. How'd your, soft, how'd your softball broadcast go last night? Is bueno? You know what? It was. It was really good. The, uh, the game itself wasn't, you know, d- didn't wind up being a nail-biter. Uh, Edmund Memorial won 7 to nothing, but... Uh, the uh, third inning, we had a couple of two-run home runs, which is not altogether uh, common, so that was kind of exciting. And uh, individually, I thought I, I had a good call, which kind of makes you feel nice. Hey, there you You sounded incredible today. Are you in the main studio? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, for the moment. Oh, okay. For the time like, being. Well, I'm behind moment. on this side today, Why Chris, the... so I sent him off in oh, there because I was too busy on a okay. <laughs> yesterday to get all my work done. I, <laughs> I got to Dude, escape my Bob Bowie, Mike. I'm on the good one. Let me tell you something, TJ Perry. You guys on that group, because it was Drake, me, and TJ, uh, and I, I, was, I was working on some things, and I put my phone down for like two minutes, and they had every question answered. I mean, it, it, I couldn't even a- ask a question because it was like, oh, look, they, oh, that's, they, they, it was amazing. It's one of the most amazingly efficient group texts I've ever been a part of. TJ Perry and Drake Dykin should teach a class on how to do group text messages. It's chef's kiss well done gentlemen uh all right so th- oh you're engaged that means no one can come in there and start bothering you or anything like that huh i know how exciting huh it's got a yeah and, and you're in the the chair of paranoia too that's the thing that sucks about that chair is anytime someone does walk in the studio it's like what what's going on there or anytime you see tj talking off the air it's like what are they calling about you know well you dealt with that for a long time so you're used to you're used to a head popping up and be like, what's going on back over there? But I'm pumped you're here. All right. We, we do have an agenda for the show today. We are, we are fairly guested up for this program, right? We have Lee Sterling back at 945 today. He's really good last week, and I know you missed him. Uh, but Lee Sterling is coming up at 945 today with his picks from ParamountSports.com. Uh, he's kind of become a Friday tradition during the football season for us. Uh, at 1030... David Goodspeed, OEC Fiber. I, you know what I want to do? I want to get some picks out of Goodspeed this week. I feel like he's got a good football mind that we need to tap into a little bit more. I feel like he, he spends a little bit too much time on giving us Van Halen stats. I need football. But OEC Fiber has us at, where are we always on the road, Josh? At a great place. We're at a great place. Uh, Dillard Size Real Estate. Uh, Andrea Diller and Barry Hurley are going to join us, I believe, later. I don't know the 
uh, the timeline on things, but the Dillard Size Partnerships has brought together two of the industry-leading businesses, a unified organization, both companies, rich, strong legacies, built on integrity, extraordinary talent, and deep-seated respect, which, as somebody who has been in the house buying and house selling game, you need. So I'm pumped to be here today. And for those that aren't familiar with how this works, just uh, OEC Fiber. I have OEC Fiber. This isn't like a paid endorsement for me. I pay for the services. And I'm telling you right now, I do a lot of radio out of my home. Uh, we have a lot of kids' activities that need to be done involving Wi-Fi and, and hard internet lines. And I can't speak highly enough of OEC Fiber. And every Friday to celebrate the football season when we're home, David Goodspeed and the people at OEC, they choose uh, a business or a restaurant or well, not like a restaurant isn't a business. Somebody that has recently acquired OEC Fiber or has been with OEC Fiber to just kind of talk a little bit about the difference it's made for them and the difference it can make for you. So that's, uh, that's how it's going. That's the show today. So 1030, David Goodspeed. And then, Josh, I did something I don't do very often. I reached out to the SMU sideline reporter. I thought to myself, you know what? I don't even know if Arkansas State had a sideline reporter, but with Pop next week, you know, then we die. I don't really know the, the Iowa State guy that well, and Cincinnati's new to the conference. So I, in the 13 seasons, 12, 13 seasons we've done this, I mean, outside of Robert Allen, it's like, hey, that's Kansas guy. Oh, Kansas State. Don't know their name. They're Kansas State guy. It's like, what's up, buddy? How's season going? I know Jed at West Virginia, but there's not like this group text of dudes like there is for play-by-play guys. So I thought, you know what? We're playing a Power 5 team this weekend in the latest, greatest member of the ACC in SMU. So let's, let's get this done. So we're going to chat with the sideline reporter for the SMU radio network coming up in the hour that's known as hour three of this program. How's that sound? I love it. Let's cultivate that relationship. That's about building relationships here on the show, buddy. That's what we do. <laughs> All right, so you and I uh, you and I have had a boatload of topics. We've had a, a lot of guests on this week to talk about this matchup. Today is kind of like the uh, – this is like the – the crescendo. This is where we're building towards kickoff. We go back. We we dot I's. We cross T's. We tie up loose ends. Uh, we get some final takes on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. We throw out some of our picks as well. But just specifically on Oklahoma and SMU, what are some lingering things that intrigue you? What are some storylines that you feel like we need to talk more about today? I mean, just simply put, what are some loose ends we need to tie up here today, Josh? I, I want to see how Oklahoma runs the football. W- would love to see them Agreed. create some more chunk yardage type runs. And uh, and then, you know, I'm curious how they're going to defend Hudson, who was somebody Oklahoma recruited. You know, talented wide receiver that went to TCU, transferred to SMU. It's the first big test in terms of just that, a, a really – we think pretty uh, talented skill guys. So how Oklahoma holds up there, I think those are a couple of the items and everything, but those are a couple of the the first several mm-hmm. that come to mind. Does okay? Uh, let's let's go deep on the first one, the running game, right? 
Is that more about things you need to see differently from the O-line or things you need to see differently or maybe individuals that carry the football? More so, I think, on the offensive line, but definitely both. I mean, I want to see running backs uh, going and getting some yards after contact, right? Bouncing off some guys. Show me Mm -hmm. a little bit of that. But I I do want to see Oklahoma get to the next level in terms of uh, its run blocks, increase some things up, and let these guys go run wild a little bit. Am I am I crazy? And just and this is basically gauged completely on our show nine to noon, and the submissions throughout the week on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Am am I crazy to think that many of you are just saying, "Wait till Gavin Sawchuck gets back. This is okay." I feel like. Again, let me couch this. I don't feel like anyone's panicking, right? Do you? I don't think anyone's freaking out about the running game. Not yet, no. No, 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 no. no. Not by any stretch of the imagination. But it just seems, uh, and I think there was some confusion, guys. Gavin was hurt. He wasn't a part of, 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 from what I guess we found out now, right, quite a bit of camp, Josh. Seems like he missed a lot of practice. Yes, Uh that that's the indication, sure, absolutely. That's that's what it appears like, right? So, I guess from my perspective, and again, this is all gauging what many of you are talking about, are all gauged by what you know. Many of you have hit us up on the text line. I feel like there's many that think, oh, well, just wait till we get that home run thread in there. Do we think Caleb Hicks and um, Dylan Smothers can be that dude at some point? Sure, but they're still true freshmen. But in the guys that are out there that, that saw, I think, the most the majority of the carries, I don't have my box score with me, but in Tywee Walker, Marcus Major, and Javante Barnes, they're not really dudes that, you know, when they get the ball, they can go 70, they can go 60, they can go 50, right? Gavin Sawchuck is that dude that we think can. So for you, is it fair for me to say, I think Josh also wants to see a little bit more of Gavin Sawchuck and how healthy he is and if he can be that difference maker that carries over from what we witnessed against Florida State to 2023 and more consistently? Because that's one for me. I'm not going to lie. That's a big one for me. Absolutely. See him get back healthy and then the electricity because I think that if he's healthy, Plank, he's got a chance to be this team's most explosive running back. Now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a deep group. That's a deep group. You know, really just in general, talking about the run game, you know, Sawchuck obviously – uh, in you know regards to is he going to come back healthy? How's he going to fit into this equation? But I'm just curious to watch how they divvy up carries this week with the running game too. You know, I, I don't think I don't think this is a game. I, I think Oklahoma's going to win handily. I, I made the Sooners with what is it, sixteen and a half? Not that we're big spread guys, but I've made the Sooners my lock in the uh, Ref Royal Rumble. Right, I. I just really think what we saw last week is going to carry over. I just firmly believe it. And I think this team's going to be improved this year. Right? I and I think Cincinnati's going to be a test, but I think they're going to beat them. I think the I think the test is is coming against Texas. I think this team's going to be 5 and 0 when we get there. But but Josh Helmer, I do think that this team on Saturday is going to keep it relatively close throughout the first half. So I'm, I'm excited to see, all right, when you need to, 
and it's not a team that you're up 28 to zip at the end of the first quarter, how do you respond, right? How does that offensive line – I don't want to – I was going to say something that probably would have gotten me in trouble, so let me think of a better way to phrase this. Um, do they bow up? Do they – all right, listen, we're, we've got these guys. We can dominate them on the line. Let's go. Because I, I think SMU is going to be able to move the ball. I really do. Now, I hope I'm proven wrong, and I hope the Sooners can hold them to field goals. And, you know, I, I'd like to see a, a team held without a touchdown. But if indeed it's kind of a little bit touch and go in that first half, I want to see them be able to rely on that run game and watch that offensive line just absolutely annihilate people. Good question, though, right off the top here. Since you brought up one of the things to tie up the loose ends, to kind of think about what we're looking for tomorrow on the run game. It's from the 405. I think this is uh, – um, well, actually, this is from the 580. I think this is a really good question. What exactly is there to freak out about with the run game? We have one of the deepest rooms, to my knowledge. I think Tawi is actually the best back in the room this season. Uh, okay, this is where – Kelvin Sampson one time, when we were interviewing him, uh, it, it was a blowout win – and he said, you know, it's, everything was great. Um, you know, we, we didn't move the ball well in a couple of possessions. But to me, that's like complaining about a, um, a burr on Miss America's foot. You know, it's like just the point is that's really not something that you should overly be freaking out about because the sum of the parts were complete and more impressive than maybe those few little negatives. I think to that point, we, we agree with you. But, Josh, I think that what, – what was the number that, that Hoove dropped on us yesterday? I got my notebook here, and, and I think uh, many of you were right. The yards per carry from the running backs were just 3.85, right? And it was like 4.5 overall when you added in the quarterback run. So I don't – I just think, to, to your question, I think it's more of, listen, man, we're laying out – and again, I'm not trying to be a jerk or, or an a-hole about this at all, so please don't take it that way – we're overanalyzing and really going back and saying, hey, if there was one thing that I might, that burr on Miss America's foot or nitpick about, that might be the one thing that we look at, Josh, that we want to see continue to excel and improve going forward. Sure, absolutely. Want to see those guys. Again, I just rip off a couple of chunk runs, right? Crease a couple right. of things. And then, exactly. you know, get hit and, uh, and bounce off a couple of guys. I feel like Tawi Walker could, could certainly do that, has the characteristics to do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then there's Fred who brings up a really good point. Look at me. Look at me get into the text messages right off the top of the show, Josh. How happy are these dudes who bring these fire takes early in the show and then we don't read them until 30 minutes later and they're probably out of their car? But this is good from Fred, who writes, the balance of not showing too much playbook in the non-conference versus being too vanilla and getting beat, when do you bring out some of those wrinkles? That is for years, man. Years. Back when, back when Teddy was, was playing and we were doing sports radio live, or I guess pop, well, that was the early inclination of the big show whenever we were on from 2 to 6 every day in Tulsa. Josh, do you know what the most common call-in topic question was? Just wait until we get less vanilla on offense. We're going to be okay offensively. 
we're just keeping things vanilla. Sometimes, sometimes good, sometimes not. You know, sometimes it's good, and sometimes that, that bore itself out. Sometimes it was just an offensively challenged football team, right? So I think that's a really good question. I don't know. You know, last year I thought they tried to be a little bit too basic early. And, you know, again, maybe some of those games were a little bit closer than you wanted at times. But that's a good question, Josh. What is that balance? I I don't think that they're in peril this weekend, okay? But also, I, I didn't think Texas was in peril against Rice that last weekend. And everyone's kind of been freaking out about that game. But fa- fast forward to this and what matters to us, what does that balance look like to you? Do you continue to be as vanilla and as – I don't want to use the word clandestine, but it's kind of middling as you can be with the game plan. Or do you start opening it up a bit? I think probably you start opening it up a little bit, yeah. I think you, you probably have to take that approach that, you, I mean, basically you take SMU seriously. Right, exactly. All right, let's break. Uh, I assume that you're getting escorted back to the Buffalo Wild Wings studios now? I Yes, it, it appears so. <laughs> All right. Quick break. Uh, something I'm intrigued by tomorrow is next on the ref. I'm getting, I'm getting some grief on the super, <clears throat> super secret Textoso line that I haven't brought up a certain game from last night. But I mean, twenty-one twenty when you went for it on fourth and twenty-five, horrible decision, and you had. And you had – listen, the, the official stats said four drops. Bro, there were more than four drops in that game. And even though – even though I'm not a big fantasy football guy, but I told everyone who would listen, hey, man, get Kadarius Tony, Get him late. No. I, I think <laughs> – I feel pretty smart about that today, Josh. Oh, yeah. But, but I uh, – I know I'm not trying to make you mad at me, Bumpy Rhodes. Not trying to make you mad at me. And I think the Lions are going to be good. They might even win their division. But, y'all, last night the Chiefs played without two of their best players, if not two and three on the roster. (laughs) Boy, this whole right tackle thing is cracking me up too. Um, But at four official drops – and still had a shot whenever – I don't know what was worth last, worse last night, Josh. Going for it for, on fourth and two from the 50 or fourth and 25 when you still had three timeouts. That's kind of tough for me. Uh, I guess maybe fourth and 25 because fourth and two at the very least, you know, well, Mahomes going to score. It's either you know, a 70-yard drive or a 50-yard drive. I'm not – I really wish I could come in here today and just be like, ha, Josh, take that Shep, take that Chief. No, no, no. Everything that could go wrong went wrong for the Chiefs, and they still almost won the game. So I am by no means writing their eulogy today, and I'm pretty sure you're not either. Though that is very frustrating last night, right? Uh, Imagine being willing to go for it on fourth down and 25, but uh, you won't run a halfback dive on second down and one. (laughs) It's just the, the dichotomy of being a Chiefs fan. It's, they're the worst really, really great team of all time. Like, when you think of, <laughs> when you think of dynastic runs, you think of, like, oh, right. my gosh, like Steph Curry and these guys. I mean, they're just – it's unbelievable what they do. And Kansas City's got that about them, but it's like with Golden State, you think, oh, man, that's a really well-coached football team. 
when you watch Kansas mm-hmm. City, it's like scratching and clawing every week for this team to win. It's just I, I don't know. It's like I said, they're the worst great team ever. Mm. And I, I my my Grinch. By the way, thank you to the person who sent me the how-to video today. As soon as this show is over, Josh, I begin my process of building my own HD antenna because get this just, just real quick gripe. And then we'll get back to all you football. Not only am I blocked from watching NBC on my direct TV channel four, but they brought, they block your access to the app too. Like you can't, because you have to put in a, a TV provider, and I don't – I mean, because – I felt like because I'm a direct TV subscriber overall, it should supersede anything, and I mean anything, that happens between Nexstar and DirecTV. I feel like on the app, I'm, call, I'm calling customer service today. I'm going, what's the male version of a Karen? You're a Chad. Sorry to our Chads out there. I'm go- sorry, sorry, McKee. I'm going Chad today. On DirecTV, because I want an answer for this. There's no reason why your app access should be taken. And I felt like it was working. Maybe I, maybe I was dreaming. Maybe I don't watch NBC at all. But listen, no offense to any of our friends that work over at uh, the NBC News, right? No offense. I don't need NBC for my news. I don't have a single TV show that I've watched on NBC since what, Josh? The Cosby Show. <laughs> there. I said it. Uh, Seinfeld, right? That was it. But I kind of need it for sports, and I can't risk getting that incredible virus from my illegal streaming site that's killed two previous laptops, RIP. But, yeah, congrats to the Lions. All right, good question off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Oh, by the way, the 918 is – no, that's Big Bad Wolf. Very, very good Big Bad Wolf. Just call a young person. It's from the OU video they put out where they were taking shots in my guy Greg Nation for not being an old figure out of ESPN+. How dare they? Um, yeah, leave, leave there's a Greg question. Nation alone. Unacceptable. Leave, leave Coach Nation alone. My Greg, gosh, man. So this text from the 918 got me thinking about what intrigues me for Saturday, right? And we're going to talk to Steve Lansdale in hour three. We're going to kick off our top five stories of the day. The sideline reporter for the SMU Mustangs. We're going to learn a little bit more about, you know, the quarterback and, and kind of the the way in which things were taken care of last week because Preston Stone being their guy has been something that SMU fans have been waiting for for a while. You know, seeing – L.J. Johnson Jr. get an opportunity, and Jalen Knight and the other transfer is something they've been you know, waiting for this offseason, Knight and, uh, and Johnson coming from big-time programs. But uh, how, how good is it? How challenging is it? We're, we're going to talk to Steve Lansdale about it later. But I also think about it from the quarterback on the other side. Now, I, I could not have been more wrong last week about when I thought they might use the rock star, Jackson Arnold, right? Last week going into the game, I'll remind you so you don't have to jump on the text line to remind me. But I thought that we would see him early. I didn't think it would just be like, oh, here he comes. The game's 38, 35 to zip. Here comes Jackson Arnold. I thought we might sprinkle him in when it's 17 zip or 21 zip or whatever. And that didn't really happen. I, I wonder 
if and when we would see him based on this text? Because I think it's a good point from the 918. Do we see more QB power this weekend? Perhaps Arnold's package on uh, perhaps oh boy perhaps an Arnold package on short yardage, out of context maybe, out of context. Do not clip. Is TJ out of the studio? Do not clip that. <laughs> yeah, he's but, you're safe. <laughs> he's gone. Okay, but I don't know, Josh. What do you make of that? Because Dylan Gabriel was really good last week, man. He was really really good last week. And everything that you wanted to see, even with the opponent, you saw, right? I think maybe. I mean, it's 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 really something whenever you have a quarterback that throws three whole incompletions, and that's the only incompletions for the entire game, and your offensive coordinator is having to answer questions in his Monday press conference centered around, so what was up with those three incompletions, man? I mean, it's just that's the reality of how good they were. But could you envision, Josh – a more active role in packages like that with Jackson Arnold, which become very multi-purpose. You can run power, you can throw out of it. You know, it's not just a, oh, yeah, he's going in there as a belldozer to get a yard and follow his center. You can do a lot out of it. I could envision it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Not, not at least until – not in the sense that Dylan Gabriel would typically still be in the game and they bring him in and – you know, first quarter, second quarter, early in the contest. I think that they'll approach it like Oklahoma. The starters need to get out to a nice, comfortable lead, and then we'll see Jackson Arnold. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, but, but here's one scenario. Since I swung and missed last week, here's one scenario. I could see like a third and one at, the, at your own 40, and you bring in Arnold – and you run that maybe, if not this game, Josh, at some point, where you run that little quarterback power and you get the first down, and then he runs the offense the rest of that drive. And then you just go no huddle, so that way the defense doesn't have a chance to adjust, and you can run your whole offense with Jackson Arnold. That, some of the wrinkles I think you can see from that, right? Because it doesn't just have to be like Blake Bell would come in the game, he'd run the bell dozer, get the first down, then he'd trot off the field and link, uh, Lincoln Riley. <laughs> Oh, boy. And then you would see Landry Jones come running back on. I, I, I think you could see a scenario where you run the belldozer with Jackson Arnold, and he stays in the game and just runs the rest of that drive. I, go, I can go Colin Coward on this. Remember when Colin Coward was so complimentary of Lane Kiffin? Because what did Lane Kiffin do, Josh, that changed the game? He's saving a scholarship by having a guy who also punts as well as kicks. <laughs> Right? That's it's the that's a great praise that coward. It's unbelievable. So I feel like I'm trying not to go coward on. He's a quarterback who can get short yardage and stay in the game. Hey, I'm here for But it. I think I, that would be fascinating. I think it would be very, very exciting. I just uh I'll be surprised to see it. <laughs> Five eight oh Nate. The Jackson Arnold package is real and it's spectacular. <laughs> Seinfeld reference. Oh, my gosh. Well done. Uh, Sean writes, less vanilla and halftime adjustments, the two biggest myths in college football. <laughs> halftime adjustments. Here we go. Oh, gosh. Ask any quarterback, they would say so. Hey, on an OEC Fiber Football Friday, we're going to hang out at, at Dillard's Size Real Estate and Andrea and Barry, fantastic people. Um, they have been – oh, they're donating a round of golf for four – at the trails. Huh? I know someone named 
George Plonk, that wouldn't mind winning that. The Dillard Size Partnership is strong. They have among the top sellers on the planet. Yes, planet Earth. And it's really been successful because it's a group that's built on integrity, extraordinary talent, deep-seated respect. They're looking forward to benefiting from collective expertise, experience, and professionalism that adds values to their agents and buyers and sellers alike. It's a win-win. And it's a, it's a very interesting time right now in the home buying market. In fact, I think Andrew is going to come on a little bit later on in the program. <laughs> okay, Realtor Chris, you guys stop. I, I, it was an out-of-context. I apologize. Piling on in the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is not going to make it go away. I'm like Ron Burgundy today. I'm reading everything that pops in. All right, this is – I know we got a break. I know we've got a break. But this was my biggest point I hope I made that everyone got tired of me asking. But the 432 just texted it in and said, going to try this again. Defense played deep into the roster and still held the shutout. Recent memory can't recall the last time that happened. Well, when we come back, you'll hear from Miguel Chavis talking about the importance and what he saw from how well his guys played as the depth continued to be used throughout Saturday's game. That's next right here on The Wrap. All right, quick segment here. Lee Sterling coming up next. The question on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line that was right down my alley. Defense played deep into the roster, still held the shutout. Recent memory, can't recall the last time that happened. I asked Miguel Chavis about that from a defensive line perspective and how he felt that depth held up as they got deeper and deeper and deeper. I think that's a great question. I think this is a deeper team right now. You know, we're not where we want to be for sure, and we're not where we're going to be, um, but it's a, diff- it's a different team. And it's a deeper team. There's more competitive depth. And so uh, we just talked about, hey, listen, man, you don't play to a scoreboard, good or bad. You know, you don't take the foot off um, of the pedal. It's their job to stop you. You know, we're not, we're not taking it easy depending on who you're playing against. And, and it's our job to play dominating, suffocating defense. And whether I'm a one, a two, or three, or a four, that's the job. And so we just, you know, the message was defend the standard. You know, man, the shutout is on the line. I, th- I think it's the second shutout in 10 years here at Oklahoma. And I don't care who you're playing. Shutouts are hard, <laughs> you know, especially if you're going to play guys. And some coaches, you can kind of go, well, you know, you're going you're to empty the, the bench. Well, you might give up three. You might give up seven. You might give up 10 or 14. That's not the mindset. You know, if you're going you're gonna to step on Owen Field, you're going to play up to the standard. Pretty good, right? Pretty good. Um. I, I still think that's one of the most reassuring things from last week, Josh. I know we wiped it on Wednesday and we moved on. Oh, there's – yeah, wipe it Wednesday, but no no wiping the football away. No. It's just – you can't – you can't ignore how solid things stayed as the depth continued to take the field, right, as you went deeper and deeper. What I come up with, from my count, 89 guys that took a snap in some way, shape, or form, right? And that was just me. I, someone, people want to fight about everything. I just went through the participation chart and counted all the guys. That, that's what I did. So that's how I got 89. And there were probably at least 
two to three, maybe four more that would have played if they were healthy. So, and you're talking about an excess of 90 guys. But, yeah, I, um, I like it. I absolutely, positively like the way that that depth flexed its muscle. Um, it's exciting, right, to see that what we think Oklahoma is doing in terms of accumulating right. depth and building out its roster to see them basically, I mean, look, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of a difference probably between the ones to the twos to the threes, but generally speaking, to see there not be this this big wide drop-off, that's exciting. That's mm-hmm. great to see. I agree. I agree. Uh, that's good. In, in that context, guys, I'd like to see some sacks. Did we get any last week? Yeah, just one. They, they didn't seem to be too concerned about it, but just one sack. And then the 918 added takeaways. Sure. Uh, SMU doesn't have a like turnover chain, but they call their ability to force turnovers or how they sell, they call it club takeaway. So I'm, I hope we don't see it, but I'm sure it's going to be obnoxious when we see it after this game. Club takeaway. All right, quick break. Lee Sterling coming up next. We're on the road for an OEC Fiber Football Friday because, of course, we are over at uh, Dillard Size Real Estate. They have put together two of the strongest uh, real estate companies leading the business in the uh, blends. Can I speak today? Leading businesses <laughs> and blends them into a unified organization. Both companies, rich legacies that build on integrity, extraordinary talent, and deep-seated respect. They have 10 agents in the top 100 in the world or the Metro, including Andrea and Barry. So we'll talk to them coming up a little bit later on. It's Plank Show. Oh, and we got goodies, too. The OEC Fiber people have shown up. So come on by. It is at 1203 Brookhaven Boulevard, the Plank Show on the Ref. All right, let's roll. We do this every single Friday on an OEC Fiber Football Friday. We welcome in our buddy Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com to wrap up Hour 1. And we got a lot of games, so that uh, let's get after it. Uh, Lee, let's start with the biggest game. We haven't talked about this yet today, but both Josh and I are fascinated and fired up about Alabama and Texas. This is a seven-point line as we speak. What do you make of the Longhorns going to Tuscaloosa? It's crazy. I mean, everyone thought there was going to be talk all August about who was going to be the Alabama quarterback. Jalen Milrow, after like two practices, settled that. He was always a good runner, but his passing is much improved, and Quinn Ewers for Texas, I thought he'd be further along. They just are not hitting on any 20-yard or farther pass plays down the field. And this offensive line, I mean, they did not do a good job protecting him against Rice. He got hit five or six times. He got rocked. So without uh, B. John Robinson to keep Bama's uh, defense honest, I think they're in trouble here. <laughs> you got to have everything working here to beat Bama in Tuscaloosa. Two words. Roll Tide, ah. Alabama 34-24. <laughs> ah, that makes people uh, in Norman and beyond very, very happy, Lee. Yeah. S- speaking of offenses that uh, were less than stellar, Oklahoma State's quarterbacks, probably uh, not altogether impressive in week one. But, hey, they're favored by three. They head to Tippy to play Arizona State. What do you think here? I think Spencer Sanders would, would – just love to come back, even with this team not being great. What was the reason he left? Did he actually give a reason? Nah, no, nah, it just uh, it got very dicey. There was reports yeah. of strife between the staff and him. It's just a weird situation all around. Right. Maybe like a Russell Wilson type weird, like in Seattle. Oh, yes. Um, so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's what I sent. So, 
I, I'm going to put this out there. I think this is the least talented Oklahoma State team since 2014, maybe even way before that. So I just don't think that Rangel and Bowman are the guys here, the answers here. Arizona State's going with a true freshman quarterback, Jaden Rashada. Remember, he had committed to Miami, he then went to Florida. They didn't come up with enough NIL money, or it didn't. It wasn't right, and he ends up moving to Arizona State. I think this guy can do enough moving around in the pocket. He's got a receiver here, a uh, kid named Gallery. Uh, this kid is really good, Xavier Gallery, from Idaho State. They are really starting to put oh. it together here. Four or five starters or transfers on the offensive line, but I think they're going to get better here and had a pump block. Uh, for a touchdown against them, or else they, they won pretty easy. That game also was played in the wind and the mud. I like Arizona State. Wrong team favored, 24-21 over Oklahoma State. All right, tom- tomorrow, somewhat prime time, 5 p.m. Central time, OU and SMU. Sooners, that number's fluctuated between 15 to 16 and a half. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, so <laughs> SMU's result also very misleading here. 38-14 final. But if you watched the game, they dominated. They were up 31 nothing at half. Rhett Lashley, really good uh, head coach and offensive play caller here. Uh, He's got a quarterback in Preston Stone, can do pretty much about everything. Uh, They brought in a bunch of transfers, running back. You'll love this nickname, Jalen Rooster Knighton from Miami. (laughs) L.J. Johnson from A&M, if you remember that name when he was there. And then also a receiver, Jordan Hudson from TCU. So this is a team that's restocking here. Uh, They're putting together some personnel that works well with their system here. Uh, We just don't know if Oklahoma's defense, how good they are here. I think OU's offense is going to score. I think SMU will score enough to stay close. OU, 43-33. Speaking of uh, some surprises, last night in the National Football League, Detroit opening with a a nice win over Kansas City. And uh, elsewhere we've got some big-time matchups. Buffalo favored by a couple over the New York Jets, of course, Aaron Rodgers moving over there. It's an exciting uh, opening matchup between these two. How do you see Buffalo favored by two over the Jets? So only eight times in 15 seasons was Aaron Rodgers a home underdog as a starting quarterback with the Packers. Green Bay went 7-1 and one in those games. I think their defense is top three in the league. They're that good. And I think Buffalo's offensive line is no great shake, and without Von Miller out for four to six weeks, Trumaine Edmonds, he uh, other stud linebacker, he moved in free agency to the Bears here. I think the Jets get it done. New York stinking Jets, hate to say that, but not my favorite. I think they're <laughs> the right side, 27-21. Final freebie. Well, you got one more freebie for us, but to get it, you got to call Lee. So before we get to Friday night's game, tonight's game, Kansas-Illinois, what do you make of them boys? Dallas a three-point favorite against the Giants. They, they've owned the Giants. I mean, They've been the better team, but the Giants did it with mirrors. I mean, give Brian Dables a lot of credit. They ended up with a 9-7-1 record here, but their defense, I mean, they ranked 28th in expected points allowed. So they just were tough in the red zone here. Um, you know, they're not going to Barkley enough at running back here. They've got to play a little keep away from that Dallas offense here. He only averaged 58 yards down the stretch the last five, uh, 10 weeks. They were 2-7 and seven against playoff teams. Dak gets it done here in prime time here. How about them Cowboys? 30-20. to 20. <laughs> Lee, we only got a minute. Yeah. Free play. How can we get Kansas-Illinois from you? Yeah, you want to get Kansas-Illinois tonight? Got a strong feeling on this. Be one of the first 10 callers. 800-400-9741. 
Again, the game is free. First 10 callers, 800-400-9741, Kansas and Illinois. And big weekend here at Paramount Sports. We rate the games from 10 to 50 units. Our first 40 to 50 unit selection of the year. We are 61 and 20 on these games going back the last 15 years. Check out the new website. Got everything up and available. Other free pick videos like Colorado, Nebraska, Texas A&M, Miami, Notre Dame, NC State. Check them all out. Just one place, ParamountSports.com. See you next Friday, Lee. Thanks for the time, buddy. Thanks so much, guys. At least early, ParamountSports.com. We got a break. When we come back, we'll hear from Rhett Lashley and Calvin Thibodeau in advance of SMU. And Tibbs returning to his alma mater for the Saturday showdown with the Sooners. Plus, later on in the program, Steve Lansdale will join us on an OEC Fiber Football Friday.